You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question is, hi, Dr. E, I'm having a hard time with responding as to why I can't attend a gay wedding. I have a friend that's gay. She's getting married and she's invited me. I've declined, but she would like to know why I cannot attend. She's not a believer and even attempting to explain to my husband, I stumble upon my words because I see from a worldly perspective how it can be interpreted as judgmental and non-loving. I'm really struggling. She's expressed to others that she's hurt by the lack of support she's receiving. I do not want to reflect anything other than Christ's love, and I don't feel peaceful with not addressing any biblical guidance would greatly help. What are we called as Christians to do in these circumstances? How is her sin any different than the sins we commit daily? It's a great well, question. And it's unfortunately more and more common. In fact, it's almost an expectation. We've had very close friends. If there's a bell curve of, you know, don't do anything, you know, say they're going, you know, down a sinful path to completely support and love them, Cindy and I have had every one of those. I'm going to give you my counsel, my advice, and obviously each Christian needs to stand on their own decisions in these areas. Number one, any marriage outside of a heterosexual monogamous marriage is wrong, period. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, I can't be gray in that area. Rosario Butterfield, who's a, a friend of the program who came out of the lesbian lifestyle, is now married to a Presbyterian pastor and has a couple of kids. She says it's not loving if you don't tell a person that they're living in sin. Now, let's caveat. If I'm talking to a person that doesn't know the Lord, my first and foremost response has got to be, you know, look, I love you as an individual. I care about you deeply. I really do. You're a great friend of mine, but I come from a faith system and a belief system that is really who I am. This is my identity in Jesus Christ. And my identity in Jesus Christ precludes me from certain things and permits me to do certain things. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's not my intent. But there's a greater concern here. And I'd love to talk with you about that sometime. Now, if you got a wedding invitation, you got to respond, you may not have the margin. But this is the larger framework of Christians living in a culture that we are now being vilified because it's not accept. It's not support. You must celebrate. You must Mm -hmm. validate. You must Mm -hmm. be a part of it. And we could point out celebrities and Christian names that have gone this direction. I think it's egregiously wrong. I think it's unfortunate. So, you know, be kind, be loving, stand firm. I love you as a person. I care about you deeply, but this is so far against my identity. And I would use that word intentionally because mm. that's where people are, are gravitating. Sure. This is my sure. identity. Sure. Okay. You want me to respect your identity? Yeah. Can you respect my identity yeah. as a follower of Jesus Christ who loves me and paid for my sins? Yeah. And that's what Jesus does. He pays for our sin. Now, is it going to go well? Nope. Sure not. Probably not. Your mom and I were invited to something not long ago that was you know, on the border of this. And I just said, this isn't even a question. I love this couple, but we're not doing this. I mean, the the parents, but we're not doing this. And they're going to understand that or not. And if they don't, and we have opportunity, we'll talk. Please, please, please don't cave to the culture, folks. You've got to be able to lovingly say, I love you. I care about you, but I can't do that. I can't be a part of it. Yeah. I just think Best case scenario, I mean, truly, the very best case in the world would be that this friend who identifies as gay, that she and her partner 
would someday come to the Lord mm-hmm. and repent and choose to submit to mm-hmm. God's will for their life. Okay, so that, that would be the ultimate thing, right? If, let's say that happened, that God chose to intervene in that way, I would want them to be able to turn and say, come back to me someday and say, thank you for mm-hmm. telling me Being the truth. The one, yeah. and, and what made me think of that, this is a completely different conversation, but in high school, one of my best friends and I knew a girl. I was not super close with her. She was not a believer in high school, but she knew I was a believer. She knew my other friend was a believer. And she met the Lord in college, radically changed. And we ran into her in Starbucks and she was just so on fire for the Lord, so excited. But you know what? She looked at us and said, why didn't you tell me? Mm. (laughs) And I still to this day, I mean, you know, for her, it was like, you could have told me, like you had the secret to hope and joy and freedom and you didn't tell me. And she didn't say it. No, no, she wasn't mean. It it was not mean. It was was not accusatory. Oh, I wish I'd have known this. And I mean, I have lived differently because of that. And so anyway, so that was kind of what I thought about. I had that pair of glasses, if Mm -hmm. you are on my face, looking at this scenario, I would want that friend to someday come to the Lord and not say that to me. Why didn't you tell me that this is wrong? And that, you know, so anyway. I had, and now it seems, you know, banal compared to what we're facing with the LGBTQA and trans and all this thing. But I had a friend that was gonna, his first wife had passed away. He was going to get remarried. It was kind of quick. The woman he was dating was divorced and had older children. And uh, we could talk about divorce and marriage at some point. But I told him, I said, look, I love you as a friend. We've known each other many, many years. I don't think this is wise. Set aside the argument about, you know, divorce free marriage. I just don't think it's wise. Mm-hmm. Her children are older. Your kids are younger. You're lonely. There are so many factors here that aren't healthy. And to your point about, you know, sometime later, he came to visit me and sat on my back porch with his head in his hands saying you're the only one that told me yep. not to do this. Yep. Oh, I wish I'd have listened to yep. you. And at that point, you say, you know, look, we can't turn the page. Yep. We got to go forward. How do you go forward in this marriage? But again, it's to your point. It's not that you have to be courageous and rude and bold and, you know, know it all. Well, I do think it strident. takes courage, it but does, the but, rest but, of those things. But no. we, we, I think we overinflate it sometimes. And that's where you got to find the language. Mm. I love you. I care about I you. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. This is not personal. My identity, well, it is personal, but, yeah. my identity is in yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He loved me, he lived, died, paid for my sins. Yeah. And only by trusting him do I have hope. And that's what I want for you. Yeah. Not a happily ever marriage. I want you to know Christ. Yeah. And you know, if, if they leave at that point, that's okay. Yep. That's okay. Yep. This is a pervasive issue and there's a lot of versions of it. But I hope yep. our, our listeners and friends will understand, take courage, trust Christ, be kind. Be loving, but please speak the truth. Okay, we're going to go over, but I want to answer her final question. How is her sin any different than the sins that we commit daily? Well, it's hard to parse in the sense that if I choose a lifestyle of sin, be very careful with this language. I don't like it when someone says characteristic sin because we all have characteristic sins. But when you're choosing to live against God— in, in yeah. such a flagrant way. In a committed way. I'm I mean, gonna, I'm going to have serial affairs, even though I'm a committed Christian and I love your mom, my wife, Cindy. I'm going to have all these affairs. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to be a drug abuser, even though I know it's wrong. 
there's a bigger problem there. Yeah. And so don't confuse categories. It's not about a bigger sin or a lesser yeah. sin. It's forgivable. She, her, it's her, the same. her sin is she doesn't know she's entering a lifestyle of sin as a sinner. We want her to come to Christ, right? We want her yeah. to know the love of Jesus Christ, to know forgiveness. And as another friend of mine says, if you love God, you want to obey him. Yeah. It's not a matter of quantifying our sins, which yeah. is a circuitous discussion, but can I love God and continue in sin? No. Right. If I love him, conviction, the Holy Spirit, self-control are going to all weigh in. And I'm going to say, Lord, I need your help to stop living as a homosexual, as a lesbian, mm-hmm. as an adulterer. And that's the redeeming power of Christ. Right. If you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sana Morsik, and music composed by Jason Germain.